right, students, let's talk about Oedipus the King by Sophocles uh, for the second time now. This will be our second lecture. It'll be around uh, lines 315 to 700 or so. We'll see where we get to. So we ended last time with Tiresias approaching because recall uh, how Oedipus was set up. There's a plague. We're the thieves. We don't know why the plague is coming. Who was it that we sent off to an Apollo and Apollinian uh, oracle in Delphi to get information about why the plague has come? Yes. Creon. Creon. Who is Creon to us if we are Oedipus? What is his relationship to us that we know? Yes. He's the brother-in-law. And so he is a highly trusted person. He is the brother of Oedipus or the brother of Oedipus's wife, Jocasta. And so he's highly trusted. He brings Tiresias back with him. Recall Tiresias is the blind prophet from book 11 of the Odyssey, who told Odysseus that you have to go by Scylla, Charybdis, um, Sirens, you have to also um, fight some suitors, probably die, and then meet some purple-cheeked people at the end of your life and die in an unwarlike way. And so, Tiresias approaches. He has not eyes, but in his mind, he knows with what a plague our city is afflicted. But Tiresias is not happy to be there. And he claims that his wisdom brings no profit. And a true thing you might wonder is, does wisdom ever bring true profit if you consider profit to be happiness? Even if you look back at the old Adam and Eve story in Genesis, the first thing that those people feel after they acquire knowledge of good and evil is a vulnerability. And then they learn that they have to work, feel pain, and die. What is it that wisdom teaches you? Only things you want to hear? Or things you have to hear. Very good. Very good. With wisdom comes what? Suffering and pain. In fact, you have to suffer to acquire wisdom, and often wisdom will cause you suffering because wisdom is truth, and is truth always pleasant? Of course not. Of course not. Sometimes you have to learn hard truths, like you're not living up to your potential, or you're not going to be an NBA basketball player, or you're not going to be a doctor. Of course, and these things are valuable to know, but they're very painful to learn. In any case, can the truth hurt? Obviously, we all know that. And should we choose the gate of ivory or the gate of horn? Well, we're going to choose the gate of horn here, and it is going to cause massive amounts of suffering. And so Tiresias says, just let me go home. This is a picture of Oedipus and Tiresias from yesterday. Did you all get to this yet? Very good, very good. And so Oedipus becomes flustered and surprised by this. The reason that he thinks that Tiresias wants to go home is that Tiresias must be in collusion with Creon. They must have come up with some plan together in order to take Oedipus out of power so that Creon can rule. He immediately jumps to a wrong conclusion. He actually reminds us of who. Who is it in the Iliad and Odyssey who would often jump to incorrect conclusions and then take incorrect courses of action, like running away from Troy based on that? Yes. Not just Paris. No. Agamemnon. Yes, very good. Some about people in power being afraid of losing their power. So you'd rob us of your gift of prophecy? Oedipus asks. Oedipus begs Tiresias to say what he knows. Tiresias hints that he knows something, but that Oedipus does not want to hear it. Oedipus will respond, what do you mean I don't want to hear it? Obviously, I do want to hear it. Why would I have called you here if I didn't want to hear it? And so there we go. Oedipus asks if Tiresias would betray his city. What, would you betray your city and not tell us what you know? And uh, again, Tiresias reiterates, Oedipus, you do not want to hear what it is that I have to say. I am sparing you pain. Well, Oedipus then calls Tiresias a villain. Again, he is displacing his feeling. You might imagine that he is starting to feel that perhaps there is some truth to what Tiresias is saying and that his anger is commensurate with his fear that what Tiresias is saying is true or false. 
true. Very good. Oedipus calls Tiresias a villain. You would provoke a stone, he says. It's very hard to provoke stones because they don't have what? Minds. Very good. And so apparently Tiresias is being totally insufferable right now. It's like when you're sibling. Do you have a sibling? He's like, I, I know something about you. You're like, what do you know? And they're like, I'm not telling you. And you're like, what do you know? You're like, tell me the truth. Ah, and they're like, mom, mom. Mom's not around. You better tell me. And they're like, you had some dumb yesterday. And you're like, gosh, that was so dumb. I can't believe I wasted my time with you. Yes, in any case, uh, you would provoke a stone. Uh, Teresa is being very annoying to Oedipus, but Oedipus is also being, uh, he's, I would not necessarily say that he is being a good leader here. He's being very accusatory towards somebody who knows the truth. If you want the truth from someone, should you just keep accusing them of being traitorous? No, no probably denigrating them is not the best way to get information out of them, as we know from the Odyssey. Sometimes you need to be a little, what is it that we call fruits or candy? Sweet. Very good. You must be sweet. And this is certainly not what Oedipus is being. He has a lot to learn. So both Tiresias and Oedipus' timbers continue to flare up. And so Tiresias, over and over again, between lines 315 and 461, insists that Oedipus does not want to know the truth. In this way, Tiresias seems to represent Oedipus's own unconscious doubts about the legitimacy of his intentions, if you were to, uh, say, perceive this play in an allegorical or symbolic way. Does he really want to know the truth, no matter what Oedipus he claims he does with words? But does he? Would he give up everything for this knowledge? Because he certainly will have to, including what he thinks is his destiny. And so I just take a moment here to outline what this play is really about. Here are the four major themes. This is a play about the limits of human suffering. Because Oedipus will go through, I would say, a limit case of how much you can suffer. Um, exactly what he has tried to prevent his entire life is exactly what he has done, which causes maximal suffering. The limits of outrage. No matter how angry you get at the truth, what does not happen to the truth? It does not go away. It does not change. Your anger only can take you so far in this world. And usually not even that far. In fact, I had a recent conversation with a teacher on the podcast about the limits of yelling at students. What we came to is yelling doesn't work. Maybe in some cases, in some moments, with the right relationship behind it, it can have some value, but generally not. Generally not. Generally, the most important thing we can do as teachers is help you to see the truth of what you've done rather than just to get upset with you and then make you upset as well. That's not exactly what education's about. Well, what are the limits of pompous hubris? If you're arrogant, what does that protect you from? Nothing. All it is is a fake wall around your head that keeps you from seeing the truth. It spares you some emotions for some amount of time, not all time. So what is its value? Well, what's the value of an invisible wall that doesn't keep anything away from you? <laughs> Nothing. It's like the emperor's new what? Clothes, clothes. Remember, do y'all know the story of the emperor and his new clothes? Let me just quickly tell it to you, not even how it is. Some guy comes to town and says that he's going to make the emperor the most fantastic uh, clothes ever. And then he, he says that he's putting the clothes on the emperor, but he's not putting anything on the emperor. And then the emperor walks through the streets naked. Totally whatable. Vulnerable. And so the idea seems to be beyond there is what is it that gives the emperor his strength. 
the beliefs of all the people around him. The beliefs of all the people around him. You give the emperor his strength, just as you give the president his strength through your votes. Um, and so, well, the idea uh, that people have with the emperor's new clothes is that if somebody's offering you something that is invaluable, perhaps it is literally invaluable or without value. In any case, the, we also see the limits of dramatic tension between stage and audience. We know what's going to happen. We know what has happened. Who doesn't? Oedipus. So when we hear Teresa saying, you don't want to know what you think you want to know, what do we know? That he's right or wrong. He's totally right. That's right. All right. Oedipus continues to belittle and insult and threaten Tiresias, even though it is the case that Oedipus is the one who sent for him. He claims that he and Creon, as I said earlier, are colluding for his reign. To collude is a business term when two people work illegally for their benefit to the detriment of others. Um, Tiresias slowly lays out the situation then, revealing key information. He says, your eyes will darken. What is it we know will happen by the end of this text to Oedipus? He will blind himself with brooches or pins from Jocasta's garments after she commits suicide. Um, it was Laius, Laius, excuse me, the father of Oedipus, though he does not yet know it, the former king of Thebes, who was slain. Oh, and you are his killer, he says to Oedipus. Oedipus, oh, and you laid with your mother. Though Oedipus will disagree, he is obviously what? Right or wrong? Wrong, because he does not know the what? the truth, and he is not willing to accept the truth, even though what is the very reason that he summoned Tiresias to him? If Tiresias knows the truth, he's telling Oedipus what he knows, he must be telling Oedipus the what? What is it that Oedipus is unwilling to accept, therefore? So he claims that he wants to know it, but he doesn't actually want to know it. Do we understand that? Yes, of course. Who would want to know that truth? They both then exit Oedipus thinking Tiresias a fool, Tiresias knowing Oedipus a fool. What's the distinction that I just made there? Yes. Oedipus thinks that Tiresias is, Tiresias is a fool, and then Tiresias knows the truth that Oedipus Oedipus has an opinion. Tiresias knows a fact. Very good, very good, very good. The curvus, <laughs> the curvus, the chorus then nervously articulates the emotionally charged nature of the situation. They say, both parties seem pretty upset. Things got a bit heated there. All right, well, now Oedipus and Creon confront each other. Oedipus is now going to uh, uh, spew his vitriol at Creon. Creon's going to say, I, I, I hear that you've been saying some pretty nasty things about me. I don't think they're very much warranted, seeing as I've always been so loyal to you and I was doing your will. And I brought to you the prophet you asked me to bring to you. Why are you talking smack about me? Legitimate reason to be angry? Of course, of course, but Oedipus believes that Creon has colluded with Tiresias in order to get Tiresias to say that Oedipus has disgraced himself so that Oedipus is the cause of the plague, which means that Oedipus would have to leave power so that who would become king then? Creon. All right, so Creon here seems to be something like a symbol of legitimate authority. As brother to the former king, he has a blood relationship to the kingdom, whereas Oedipus, so far as we know at this moment, does not have a blood relationship. That's why he's not a king, but rather a what, technically? Oedipus Tyrannus, he's a what? He's a tyrant. That means a ruler without blood connection to the crown. Well, Creon was also raised in Thebes, and is closer in age to the queen. In many ways, 
Probably the people in Thebes think, who should be the king? Creon, blood relation, raised in Thebes, older, seems much more kingly than Oedipus. So Oedipus feels insecure about his role compared to Creon, though Creon is perfectly willing to follow him. It is Oedipus's own insecurity that is eating him up. Well, as Oedipus is a younger <coughs> tyrant startup, he understandably feels threatened by Creon. Even though Creon will go to pains to persuade Oedipus that his life, rather unchanged since Laius, is A, better with the perks of royalty, but also B, better without the responsibilities of the crown. He says, well, you know, my life's pretty good. I get all the benefits of being royal without any of the responsibilities. All I have to do is hang out. It's a great life. Why would I want to be king? And I think that's an important thing to uh, think about. These kings all sit under the so-called Sword of Damocles. Have you ever heard of this idea? The Sword of Damocles is that there was once an advisor to a king who very much wanted to be king. And so the king knew this about his advisor, knowing him very well. And so he had the advisor sit on the throne. He said, how's it feel? Feels pretty good, right? He said, but the one thing you're not looking at is look up. And the advisor looks up. And he sees that there's a sword hanging from a single thread. He says, how do you feel now? Very what, obviously? Very nervous, insecure, and threatened. And so even though you get the nice seat and you get to stand above all, your life hangs on by a what when you are the ruler of a people, a king? By a thread, right? So you have to deal with massive insecurity. And that is uh, traditionally true of societies. Kings and leaders don't always last for so long. Get to the top, don't always get to stay at the top. In any case, Oedipus continues to project his feelings of insecurity onto figures of responsibility, including Tiresias and Creon. He must take responsibility not for his kingdom, but now for himself and his own actions. And that is a far more difficult thing to do. It's very easy for you young people to be like, oh, America's an unjust place. It's imperfect. It's like, yeah, okay. You can say that, fine. How perfect are you? Is perhaps the imperfect, are perhaps the imperfections of this place reflected in your own character? Are you so perfect? Is it easier to criticize those around you in the world in which you live? Or is it easier to look at your own flaws and then fix them? Which one of those is harder to do? To look at your own flaws, of course. And perhaps the way you best fix the flaws in the world by fixing the flaws where first? In yourself, because you only have control over yourself. You only have the choice to move and motivate yourself, not others. Perhaps they will imitate you if you do that. That will be very much Dante's view when you read him next year over the vast majority of the year. And so this is truly a hard lesson for young people, including Oedipus, to take care of yourself first, to be your first responsibility, and all others come next. That said, Oedipus will refuse this responsibility. So he continues to project his feelings of insecurity. Uh, yes, I already said it. You must say, uh, oh, yeah, good. Okay. So Creon and Oedipus conclude their argument. Creon has come because he heard Oedipus defaming his name. Oedipus accuses Creon of putting Tiresias up to calling him a murderer of Laius. And uh, Creon would stand to become king. It's all repetition of what's been said before. Creon says that since he has self-control and wisdom, he is not with such a burden course, but do not charge me, 608 to 609, on obscure opinion without some proof to back it, Creon says. It's not just lightly to count your knaves as honest men, your honest men as knaves. To throw away an honest friend is, as it were, to throw your life away, which a man loves best. 
All right, Creon is saying, you know, it's not such a small thing to throw away the friendship of an honest person. I'm being honest with you here. Perhaps you should stop accusing me or you'll lose something very valuable to yourself. And so, good, good, good. I have the same quote here. Let's keep moving. Creon exits. Jocasta enter, enters. We're only going to have a couple more slides after this. Oedipus says, I must rule. Creon ends with, not if you rule badly. What must rule people is right judgment and truth and excellence, not lies or mistakes or errors. Insofar as you are a ruler who is making mistakes and errors, are you a just ruler? And if you are not a just ruler, should you even be followed? Should you lead? Uh, Thomas Aquinas next year, who you will read, will say, no, no, an unjust law is not a law at all, and thus you do not need to what it. <laughs> follow it, follow it. And so, Jocasta, like a mother, <coughs> or a wife, immediately scolds Oedipus for his public arguing as if he were a child. What are you doing? Arguing with Creon, the royal family, in public here. You should do this in private. There's a much better way and time to do this sort of thing. And Creon explains that Oedipus has served him an ultimatum. He says, die or be banished. Because Oedipus has determined himself that Creon is a traitor. Well, obviously, the true traitor will end up being Oedipus. The chorus in Jocasta agree that Creon is to be trusted. He has shown no evidence of collusion. He has shown no evidence of wanting that which Oedipus accuses him of. Uh, Oedipus's claims are totally unfounded. And so Oedipus shares with horror that this means that Tiresias would be correct, and that is the truth that he is unwilling to face. If it is not the case that Creon is a traitor, if it is not the case that Tiresias has lied and colluded with him, then Tiresias must be telling the what? And if he's telling the truth, what is it that Oedipus has done? Killed his father and? And who would want to admit that they'd done that, especially if they didn't think they had? Nobody. Nobody indeed. And so this would not be in Jocasta's interest. So it gives a dark foreboding to Oedipus. Creon then leaves after insulting Oedipus's nature. <coughs> There's a picture of Oedipus and Creon. You might have seen this yesterday in the play. <coughs> mm -hmm. Good. All right, this will be our last slide of the day, and then we'll continue watching the play. Jocasta and Oedipus, husband and wife, mother and son, though they do not yet know this, though there are dark forebodings that this is actually true. Bringer of consciousness, and thus bringer of suffering to man and self-conscious, is the symbol of the woman. In fact, even back in the Adam and Eve idea, who gives the fruit to man? It is Eve. That makes man conscious. That means that he has to toil in the world. That means that man realizes that he is vulnerable <coughs> and subject to suffering precisely because of the consciousness he has obtained because of woman. <coughs> I'll stop coughing at some point, I promise. Thus, the symbol of woman in this play the wife or mother being, of course, the biggest symbol, sister will be a very big one in Antigone, is conflated with the bringing of man to consciousness through suffering. Therefore, Jocasta, I should say Jocasta there, will help to teach Oedipus the truth <coughs> that he does not want to hear. And so, the process by which you, as a human, <coughs> expand your consciousness will be a process of suffering because you will have to learn truths that you do not want to hear. And that is what Oedipus is trying to teach you. And so what is the mistake of Oedipus? 
or that he does not consciously embrace this, but attempts actively to reject it, and so the truths that he must choose to or voluntarily recognize will be forced on him. And do you think that that will make them easier to accept or harder? All the harder. It's like being indicted by somebody rather than admitting that you have wronged. All right. We'll start with this tomorrow with Oedipus and Jocasta speaking and Jocasta asking Oedipus to explain the situation. And for now, let's watch the play. <laughs>